everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about homeschooling in times of trouble with Amy Smith. Amy and her family have homeschooled for over a decade through a lot of storms and disruptions, ranging from chronic health issues to the daily messes and mistakes that can derail your best efforts. Through all of that, she's learned how to cultivate victory through rest. Many of our struggles have a lot of common threads, so I'm really glad to have Amy here to share many of the principles she's learned and practical ways to find what you need to effectively homeschool through times of trouble. So now, without further ado, let's dive right into my conversation with Amy Smith. really just happy and excited to have Amy Smith here with us today. Amy is a a homeschool mom. She's a blogger. She writes at amysmith.com. You may uh, think of it as rest in the trench. Um, She has spoken at Teach Them Diligently this past year and has just been a real blessing every time I've talked to her. So Amy, welcome to the podcast today. Oh, thanks, Leslie. I'm so glad to be with you today. I am too. Can you tell everyone out there who doesn't know you yet a little bit about yourself and your family and um, just kind of set up what what your story looks like? Sure. So I, like you said, I am a homeschool mom and I'm right here in the trenches of raising my children and teaching them. Um, I actually claim to be a second generation homeschooler, though I'm kind of claiming that based on my husband because he was homeschooled all the way through. Um, so we joined into this homeschool journey early on. At, we did a little bit of you know some church preschool when the kids were little, but we've really homeschooled all the way through. Um, I have four children who are all about two years apart, and we just graduated our oldest a few weeks ago. Yay! So I feel like I'm at this place that I can confidently say this homeschooling thing really works. Yeah. Not that I ever doubted it, um, you know, that it that it really would, but it's so nice to be on the other side of that first diploma. It right really, now. yeah, that is there. There is a sense of relief of accomplishment. I don't even know exactly how to describe it. When, but when you see, okay, they made it. Yes. We, this is working. This is God's got it, and there really, it really is a very freeing thing to to go through that first graduation. Oh, it is, especially as I look back over the years and I see all the mistakes that I made, you know, the things I wish I had done differently, the things I planned to do and we never managed to pull off. Uh And especially, you know, we'll be talking some more about today, this, you know, the idea of chronic illness, that's been part of my story the entire time. And so there has been plan after plan, year after year that things just didn't go the way I wanted them to. Hmm. And yet I look at my son now and the young man that he is, and, you know, we never got all of the lessons done that I wanted to. Um, we never got a timeline put up on the wall. Like I've said for years, <laughs> I wanted to get done, but he is ready for adult life. And we see God's calling for him. And I see, you know, the, the young man of character that he is. And I see the educational, you know, that, the academic base that he has, and he's ready for his next steps. Mm. And it's okay that, we didn't check the boxes. It's okay. I never got the timeline on the wall um, because God has filled in the gaps for him. And, you know, God has been faithful and God has been, he's just been everything for my son that um, if I had been healthy, I would have 
tried to do myself. Well, I don't know, even not being healthy, I was still trying it. Um, but God, God's just been faithful and it's such a blessing to see his faithfulness in this season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've, you've alluded a couple of times to the, the chronic illness and, um, you know, that's one of the things that we really had talked about or, or had discussed talking about today. And that is just really the, the idea of homeschooling with chronic illness. And, mm-hmm. and I wanted to just kind of set you free to share some of the things that, that you have learned, maybe some of the strategies that you've employed, um, you know, how you have, have made it through since this has been a, a big part of your reality and the, the reality for your children um, mm-hmm. as they've homeschooled all these years as well. Yeah. So, you know, my journey with chronic illness started around the time our homeschooling journey started when, um, when the kids were very little, you know, back in the days that you know, there were four of them, five and under, and they needed everything from me. Um, it was in that season that, you know, this battle with, for me, it's an autoimmune disease. Um, it started. And I'll tell you, homeschooling is hard. Homeschooling with with chronic illness when, you know, I as mom and teacher have felt just physically unable to function many days, it's been down or it has felt downright impossible. Mm. So you know, in the days when the children were little, you know, of course, looking back on a season with you know being a mom taking care of that many little children, life is a blur anyway. <laughs> uh, but then I add in the brain fog and the all of the physical symptoms that I was experiencing and the extreme fatigue. It's really hard to remember what some of those days were like. Um, yeah. you know, but there were some seasons when you know I would spend most of the days on the couch and you know, shows like Wild Kratts were what counted mm-hmm. for school for my kids many days. Um, there were some seasons when my symptoms were so severe that I could not walk up the stairs to tuck my children into bed at night. Um, you know, I would actually crawl up the stairs. So it's like, you know, when when mom is in shape like that, how do you take care of your children? But then how do you pull off these lessons? Mm-hmm. Um And so for years, you know, I I searched and searched any books that I could find, you know, blogs. um, Of course, podcasts weren't really the thing when my kids were little, or I would have been searching all of those as well. (laughs) And just, you know, I I grew incredibly frustrated that nobody could give me a simple three-step formula to how how I could solve solve that problem. Um, But over the years... I think I've realized that what the Lord was allowing in our family was something much greater than I could have imagined. Um, because, you know, I was being very diligent to write our lesson plans and at the beginning of the school year, choosing our curriculum. And you know, my husband and I were praying through those decisions together and setting our course. And then several weeks in, everything would fall apart as my symptoms would flare up. Um but I can see how God was actually writing a different curriculum for mm-hmm. us. And he was weaving in themes that I never would have put in my lesson plan book. Wow. Um, well, what does, what does that look like? I mean, when, mm-hmm. you know, you say that and, and for, it was, it was actually just beautifully spoken and, 
I think that all of us, regardless of how we're approaching homeschooling, would want to be able to say that no matter what comes in in our path, God is the one that's writing that curriculum. God is the one that we want to have control of our homeschools. So what exactly did that look like for you guys? Mm -hmm. Well, okay. The first word that comes to mind is simply messy. Hmm. It is, it was just a mess. Um, my home was often a mess. Our school lessons were often a mess. Your relationships with this, the added strain of illness, our relationships were a mess. Honestly, my attitude was a, a nice big old mess much of the time. So, you know, in the, in the midst of that mess, I kept looking for, you know, like I mentioned earlier, a three-step formula or looking for um, a new routine or a new schedule. But what it actually ended up being was learning to rest in the midst of our mess for a season. And then as I learned to let my added, you know, let the Lord change my heart so that my attitude as mom could change with my fr frustration levels, just started having some simple ideas of what we could do to change the way I was trying to make school happen for us. Um, and one of those things being, you know, I've started kind of seeing these as strategies that can can help those of us who struggle with an illness. Um, but one of them is to require the bare minimum in academics. You know, during summertime, when we're looking at all the different curriculums and different activities and the um, different books and, and resources we want to include in our school year, it's really easy to get so excited about all of the opportunities and we want to pull everything into our homeschools. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, whether that's true, whether we have an illness or not, is we see all of these great things and we have a tendency to try to do more than we can realistically pull off. Um, but with an illness, it's really important to require the bare minimum to, to really pray through what is most important. Um, you know, what are the top three things that we want to pull off on most of our school days? Um, but then after that, I started creating a game for my kids. Um, one thing that we did a lot of was bingo. So my, my kids would have a very short checklist of the required things that they had to do. You had to do some math every day. We had to do reading every day. And, you know, of course, those priorities changed over the seasons according sure. to their, their ages. Um, but then, especially in the elementary years, I'd give them a bingo sheet and I'd fill it with all of these educational activities I really wanted them to do, but I just didn't have the energy to enforce and to initiate myself. So I'd give them this bingo sheet with maybe it was a lap book activity, or you know, maybe it was uh, creating um, you know something from a history lesson out of Play-Doh or you know, a lot of those fun activities. We'll give the kids the bingo sheet. And once they got a bingo, I'd give them a little prize of you know, stickers or you know, something like that. But, um, but it took the, the initiation of those activities off of me and the kids would take the in initiative on their own because it felt like a game to them. So you know, that was one way we were able to do some of you know, the extra academics that we wanted to pull off, but right. I just didn't have the energy to make it happen. Wow. 
Very cool. Very cool. I, I've been writing furiously here. So, so requiring the bare minimum, and, and I love the way that you position that, really noting that you pray about what's important. What are those things that, that are must-haves every day? And I think whether you're struggling with, with a chronic illness or just a season that is busy, a, mm-hmm. a, an abnormally busy season of life, this is a great strategy for that. And so is the the game that you noted. Um, these are just really, really helpful for any of us when things are not, you know, Pinterest perfect all around us, which right. I'm not sure that's really a reality for anybody at yeah. any point. I was like, yeah, which one of us actually lives the Pinterest perfect homeschool life anyway? Exactly. It's not just a chronic illness that that pulls us away from that. That's just, it's not reality. Right, right, right. So what, yeah. what, I, I, sorry if I interrupted you there. Uh, what no, are some of these other strategies that you had? Yes. Another one is to be cautious on re-entry. And so here I'm thinking, um, thinking about those times for someone who does have a chronic illness that flares up with the symptoms get worse for a season and then they'll get better for some period of time. And then those symptoms will flare up again. And you kind of have this cycle that goes on with symptoms. Um, The danger when you start to feel better again is to jump, you know, jump in, you know, both feet, to try to do everything, try to catch up on everything. Because really when you go through this season of a flare of symptoms, you do get behind on pretty much everything. Right. Um, And you're behind on the housework, you're behind on the schoolwork, you're behind on any of your out of the house um, activities and all of your commitments. Um, So once you start feeling better for a season, it's, it's so easy just to jump in too fast, a little too quickly. So, um, I would would caution parents to be cautious on those times of reentry. Um, mm. Be intentional to continue with your rest, because when extreme fatigue sets in, your body doesn't give you a choice. Yeah. You have to rest. But when you start feeling good, you need that rest just as much. Um, and so you have to be cautious as you step back into the activities to pace yourself. And that's not just for us as adults, that's for our children as well. Hmm. Um, Because, you know, one of the things that that does happen with chronic illness in these cycles is our children are constantly going through transitions. Um, You know, because from one week to the next, the routine changes just out of necessity. Um, and so that's also, it can be hard on our children. And if we, you know, it's been a couple of weeks where we don't feel good and we're kind of, you know, just having to pull back on the activities and the expectations we have of our kids. And then suddenly, you know, we're trying to, you know, we raise those expectations on our, our kids. It's a very difficult place to put them in. Um well, and I imagine you see that you're expecting a maturity out of them that in order to be able to adapt that quickly, um, that probably they're not quite ready for yet because of, of right. their age and just, you know, where they are. Right. It, uh, that is, is very true. Um, you know, and I think you know, for children who have parents who deal with something like this, 
they do start to mature in some ways faster than they would otherwise. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that that I did was I released control of my kitchen much earlier than I would have otherwise <laughs> uh, out of necessity. So the kids learned how to prepare food faster than I would have let them because, you know, I kind of like my kitchen clean and neat and orderly. And that just doesn't happen when you turn yeah, the kids the kids. I hear you, yeah. <laughs> Um, so then there was some benefit in that because they did learn some skills. They did learn responsibility, but it's also easy to see them maturing in certain ways and then place expectations of maturity on them in other ways, you know, whether they're mental or emotional expectations that mm. they're just not there yet. Right. And they, they need some time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, as you've been talking one of the the words that's really kind of, I guess, just been at the forefront of my mind is just the humility that it takes as a mom to, or a dad, if, you know, if, whoever is the one that is impacted by this and trying to run a home, a homeschool, whatever, um, you know, just to, to recognize your need to slow down, to recognize your need to allow the kids to do things differently or you know, just to, to really release the control and let God write the curriculum for your family, like you noted before, that that takes a dying to self and a humility that um, that God can really work through. That That's so true. I love that you brought up that word of humility, because, um, you know, that's something that God wants to work in all of our hearts, and he does it in various ways. Um, one thing I, I like to think and talk about is a hidden gift that there is in homeschooling with chronic illness. And that humility goes right along with it. But, mm. you know, I think this gift of rest, I think rest and humility go hand in hand because we can only truly rest in the plans that God has for our family, for our children, as we you know, allow him to do that, that work of, um, you know, of, of building humility in our hearts. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I think, like I've said through all of this, I think that what's really becoming clear to me as we we're chatting is this, the principles that you are there are that you're sharing in the strategies are not exclusive to someone who, you know, has a chronic illness or a special need or something that's taking you, um, you know, to doctor's appointments and stuff like that, that's so disruptive. But rather, these are things that are practical for any of us going mm -hmm. through difficult times, no matter what they look like, no matter what God is asking for us, these these strategies and, and to recognize that the gifts that God can give us in those seasons um, is just really practical for every one of us. It is. It's, we, you know, our, our struggles in life have many common threads to them. And, you know, the, the struggle with disruptions and the distractions and the things that interrupt our plans that we, we want to do with our schools, they happen in all of our lives. Yeah. If somebody has a chronic illness, like you said, it's those appointments and it's the fatigue and it's the, the um, feelings of sickness, but we all have interruptions in life. It, that's just part of how life goes. So, Yes, I you know I agree. Any of these these strategies can be helpful in in any of our homeschools. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, before I move on, are there, are there other strategies that, that you wanted to share before we, we move on to, to resources and other things mm-hmm. that I wanted to ask you about? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one more that has been very helpful for me and for many other parents that I've talked with is to search for hidden lessons. Hmm. This kind of goes along with the idea of you know, releasing control of the lesson plans and the curriculum that I, you know, as, or, you know, we as parents pull together and allowing the Lord to write his curriculum for us. Um, but he's always providing these, these um, learning opportunities in daily life that we may not see. Um, and so I think it can be a, a huge faith builder for us to search for those lessons and try to see you know, what might God be doing right now? Um, you know, one very practical lesson that I've seen in my family has been in health and nutrition education. Um, that's been part of, of my personal physical journey is the major nutritional changes. Yeah. And as I've been making those changes, my, you know, the whole family's been involved. And so my kids started learning to read food labels and the effects of, um, of hidden hidden ingredients in food and learning to make more things from scratch and just, you know, lots of great nutrition oriented lessons. Well, once they've reached high school, I'm looking at the requirements that we have for, um, you know, for high school graduation and we needed a half credit of health and nutrition. Well, I started thinking about all of the learning my children had done already and realized we just needed to fill in a few gaps and they had that credit. And, you know, but I didn't, didn't even think about, you know, all of the learning that was taking place. Right. Um, and then there are also the character lessons. Um, you know, one big thing the kids are learning is if they watch mom or dad go out in public and push themselves physically to interact with others or, you know, to help with an event or, you know, to, to volunteer with something at church. Um, then they come back home and crash they're learning empathy of recognizing there's always a story behind people's visible story. Hmm. And, you know, that's true whether, you know, again, it's true whether you have an illness or not. Um, But children are starting just to recognize that people have struggles even when we don't see it. And that's such a a valuable, you know, characteristic of, um, of building empathy. That's a huge huge benefit for our children. Oh, so, absolutely. Looking outside of yourself, seeing seeing others' needs and and you know, really being tuned into that is is something that's sadly lacking in a lot of people in today's world. Mhm. It is. And you so that's just another one of those hidden lessons. Um, it's one thing that you you can look back if you've been struggling for a while and, you know, just ask the Lord to reveal, okay, Lord, what, what have you done? And to be able to recognize some of those hidden lessons and to thank him for those helps build our faith that he will continue to guide our families in the future. And then sometimes if we can just stop and try to creatively look for what he might be up to, it, it helps build our faith to trust him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, <clears throat> excuse me, we're, we're getting a little bit low on time. And I did want to ask, you know, as you, you noted earlier that you were always looking for, you know, a three-step program or some resources or whatever, but right. 
But I imagine that along the way, you actually did find some resources or create some resources or or something that you found to be just really helpful in implementing these strategies or or practical that um, that that really come into play as you're managing your homeschool and, and parenting your children and so on. Um, are there mm-hmm. any of those that you could share mm-hmm. with us? Sure. I, I'll tell you, the first resource that um, comes to mind is actually other people. For me, being able to connect with the few other moms who have similar struggles, just to know that I'm not the only one and we could bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah. You know, nothing, you know, God's created us for community. So um, being able to find you know, just a couple of other people who get it is a huge, huge resource. Um, then I have created just a short booklet of called the hidden gift of homeschooling with chronic illness, and it is available on my website. Um, but it's, it kind of is a combination of walking through both the practical strategies and kind of, you know, adjusting our heart attitudes and expectations as well. So it is biblically based. Um, It's a short read because, you know, moms are busy and moms who are feeling sick, it's can be hard to to manage to read a lot. Um, There's also just a a lot of questions to think through how to take some practical tips and apply them in your personal family dynamics. Well, I will make yeah. sure that I link to that um, that in the show notes. So, uh, if that's a book that interests you, make sure you check that out. We'll we'll give a link to you so you can find mm-hmm. it easily. Yeah, and actually, honestly, you know, the the biggest resource that has has been helpful is just going back to scripture time and time again, mm-hmm. um, and going back to to God's word and just in tears of my frustrations. And um, this morning, as I was just having my morning you know, my daily Bible reading time, I came across some notes in my Bible in Psalm 56 from several years back in a season that I was really sick. In Psalm 56, verses eight and nine, it says, you have taken account of my wanderings, and put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? And the note that I wrote next to this is that God knows my frustrations over inconsistency in my homeschool. Mm. You know, the psalmist talked about wanderings and tears and life is full of inconsistency. And I felt like I was always wandering and we weren't getting anywhere. And there were definitely those tears. Um, But then it goes on and verse nine says, this I know that God is for me. Mm. So learning just to hold on to that truth, even when it didn't feel like God was for me, knowing that God's word says he is. And so it's true. And, um, and, and trusting that he sees and he cares and he will, he does bring his deliverance. Um, and it may not look the way that we want it to look, but he does deliver and he is faithful because he does care. Yep. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I, I recorded a podcast uh, a week or so ago with Israel Wayne. We were talking about really 
you know, when trials come, the difficulties, mm-hmm. he's had a lot of, of things that have, have happened in the last year and a half or so that have been real trials for him. And, and something that he said that I just, I, I really, really struck out to me was that he's learned, you know, over and over again, that you have got to know your theology before you get to a crisis. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, just kind of goes along with what you're saying, draw near to God, stay right there with him. Um, so that you know him well and can lean into the truths about him as you're, mm-hmm. as you're counseling yourself through these struggles that you you're going to have because I, all of us as, especially as women, I know I can't speak to guys, uh, but as women, I know we are, we are our own worst critic. We expect more out of ourselves than probably anybody else does out of us. Um, and so leaning into God and taking, finding your rest, your truth in him is, is just paramount to being able to peacefully approach your days and do what he's called you to do. It is. And I love that reminder to know your theology before the crisis comes. Um, and, and then to continue to lean in to solidifying, truly believing what we say we believe. Because um, those times of testing really put us in that that place to um, to, to stand on on what we know in what we know is true. Yeah, yep. And aren't you glad that we can know what is true? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. so thankful. So so thankful. Yes, well, absolutely. Amy, we are just about out of time. Before we go, can you just remind everyone where can they connect with you? And then I'll be sure to put. Um, put lots of links and such into the show notes for the the podcast. Mm -hmm. Sure. So they can find me at amysmith.com. I do have that slightly different spelling for Amy, which is nice to go along with Smith. So it's Hmm. A-I-M-E-E. They can also find me um, on Facebook. I have a group called the Restful Homeschool Mamas, where we share lots of practical tips and encouragement with one another just for restful homeschooling in general. Um, and then also more, more tips for homeschooling with chronic illness specifically. So would love for people to join us at either of those places. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for hanging out with us today, Amy. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed being with you today. Well, you're very, very welcome. For the rest of you, I wanted to make sure that, uh, first of all, if you're a 365 member, a great um, episode of Real Moms to pair with today's podcast is the Real Moms that we recorded back in, I believe it was March or April, where Joy and Carrie came on and they talked about homeschooling with chronic illness. And they shared for about an hour just very specific things that God has showed them through the years as they've struggled with that. So be sure and check that out. I will link that video here as well. Um, But if you're not a member, you'll run into a wall. I really encourage you to join us there so that you can get access to that. The other thing, um, if you're struggling, finding your community is so, so important. And that's another real strength of Teach Them Diligently 365. Get involved in a community group. Um, find your friends, your people. Join the group. Um, some of the other discussion groups for those homeschooling with special needs or or other things that are kind of niche discussion groups. Find 
the support that you need there without the drama and everything that you can find in other places. These are like-minded homeschool mamas who really do come right alongside of you and and help encourage your heart and help you grow day by day. Um, So I just wanted to, to make sure that those of you that are members know where you can find some great supplemental material to go along with our conversation today. So I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. mentioned that you need other people to rely on and get encouragement and help from. And that is one of the best reasons to join Teach Them Diligently 365. Membership in TTD 365 will give you access to thousands of homeschool resources available on demand. Workshops from speakers like Dr. Kathy Cook, Heidi St. John, Sonia Schaefer, Kim Sorges, and countless others. It's our community elements, though, that really set TTD 365 apart. Small community groups build strong friendships. Monthly Moms Night give us all a fun evening of fellowship together. And Real Moms of 365 give us a time to share with one another in an incredibly helpful way as we're all growing together. I can't encourage you strongly enough to join us there. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash join TTD 365 to learn more and join us there today.